0: Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This morning we are going to look at this section from the book of Revelation. And this is a book that perhaps we may not read enough on our own, and many people are scared about reading Revelation, and there's lots of crazy images in there. And um, I think what we've, what we've learned at Bible study... Um, over this study that we're doing, is that it's important that we understand the type of literature that we're reading. And so we don't need to be scared of Revelation, which is meant to give us imagery into things that are to come. That doesn't mean it's going to be exactly like that with this headed beast or that uh, the, the city is going to have this much uh, feet of gold. Or This is meant to get us to understand this is going to be beyond beauty that you can imagine, beyond awesome, beyond all of the words that we can use. A book like Revelation gives us glimpses into things that we can't really fully understand but this is the best we could do to start to talk about it. So let's not be scared of the book because it really points to what does the journey that we're on look like in the end. And that is spelled out in Revelation. That's the emphasis of what we hear in this passage today. For we're told that John sees a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now, we need to understand that what's going to happen is Jesus will return and there will be a full restoration of creation. And this is important for us to to understand because much of uh, Christian talk, at least in the last hundred years or so, has been well, where are you going to go when you die? If you get hit by a bus today, are you going to float up or down? And there's been this emphasis on sort of um, an understanding where creation is horrible, bodies are horrible, and eventually we'll escape all of this horrible created stuff and float around to be disembodied spirits with Jesus in the sky with the little cherubs that play the harps all day long. Well, that may be our popular image, but that's not really the biblical witness. And I think it first off this idea that creation is horrible, uh, our bodies are horrible, all of these things miss the point that it was God's desire to have a creation. And He desired to give us bodies. And what did He say when creation was completed? And it was good. And it was good. And it was very good. So an idea that somehow it's God's desire that we escape the very thing that He put into place... Uh, I'm not quite sure where that came from and we're in for a surprise because we're told what's going to happen is creation will be made new. We're not just going to dwell as disembodied spirits forever. Jesus will return and all who have died in Christ will be raised to have new spiritual bodies that we don't know exactly what they're going to look like but we know we're going to have them and the heaven and earth will be restored. And I think it's important that we understand that God is in the business of restoring His original creation. It's not that God is saying, well, everything now sucks and I'm going to bring a new one later on. Well, no, He just said it was good. And so what we're talking about is a restoring of the original intention of creation, of our dwelling with God in perfection. So God is at work in the creation right now moving that place towards that place of full restoration. God is at work now in us moving to that place of full restoration. Not that he just decided, oh, I made a mistake on the first round, but I've got a backup plan. Because if you think it's a backup plan, then you think, well, all of this is lousy. All of this has no purpose. We just got to hurry up and get away from this as quickly as we can, and we're missing God at work in his creation, which is beautiful. Then, the next verse, John sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And this imagery is vitally important for us to understand because also much of the the popular Christian talk is about, well, what do I have to do to get to God? And God is distant up here, and it's my job to do the things that I have to do to sort of claw my way up to this distant God who doesn't want to be found. And the responsibility is all on me to sort of make my way up there. Well, the image that God gives us is exactly the opposite. It's of God breaking down to come among us, moving towards us always, even when we don't see it and we're perhaps even running the other way. Even then, God is moving towards us. At the beginning of creation, it was God's desire to be amongst people. And then, we know all sorts of things go awry, and we have all of uh, the wandering that goes on, and then we have the incarnation. Jesus, come among us. God's desire to come down. Well, what did the people do? Nothing. Nothing. They were just going about their lives and God broke in. God said now was the time. And God came to them when they didn't even really care to look. Jesus came among. And then it's that same image that when Jesus returns again, we don't have to worry about whether I can grasp my way up to a distant God. But that God is breaking in continually into our lives into creation to heal and restore and make new that's the very heart of God but people go through life with some of these weird ideas that there's a a mean angry God that's really distant and the best we can do is sort of appease him enough so that he doesn't lightning bolt us to death well if that's your view of God how close do you want to get about as far as you can go because he might be ticked off And our whole life is spent trying to make sure God's not ticked off so we live. Instead, we know of a loving God who desires to break in among us. Who desires to be with us and walk with us. That's the heart of God. That's the nature of God. And we who know this God need to tell other people uh, that they've got the wrong image wherever they got it from. And tell them about this God who has revealed Himself to be far different than many people assume. And so this new city is ushered in. And what's going to be so beautiful in this new city, Revelation will tell us, Jesus will be at the center, and Jesus will be everything the city needs. It won't need a sun or a moon, and the Lamb who was slain will be at the center, the one who gave Himself. Well, this may be a shocker, but if, if, if Jesus is at the center, guess who can't be? That's us. And we go through much of this life putting ourselves in the center. It's all about me and what I want to do and uh, what I don't get or get. And uh, Much of my life can be consumed uh, with all of my wonderful ideas and all the things that I deserve and then um, being mad about the things I don't think I deserve. Uh, but it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And when creation is renewed, when we are completely renewed, Jesus will be at the center and will be everything that we need. We'll have everything in Christ. We'll lack for nothing. And in that city, God says, I will dwell with you. You will be my people and I will be your God. Just like He perfectly desired. Only at that point, we'll be able to do it perfectly without any of the baggage that gets in our way now. We'll be set free from all of that. To know God perfectly in His love. And God promises that at that moment He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Grief and crying and pain will be no more. I think everybody would say, let's sign up for that. You know, those aspects are the broken parts of our creation that we dwell in now. And we're longing for that day when it will be set right. But the promise of God is it will be set right. It's not a question mark. It's a promise of God, and I think this should be the foundation that we stand on when we move through the here and now. Because on our darkest day, when the most grief, the most crying, the most pain, then we need to be assured that Jesus has overcome. And what we're feeling right now and experiencing right now and going through right now doesn't have the win at the end. Jesus has conquered it and we will see a day when even our darkest hour will be restored, healed, and set right. That better be good news for us. I think it's this type of assurance that allows us to get out of bed and go through life no matter what we face because we know what's to come. We know the promise of God. And the One who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Everything will be brought to perfection. Because Jesus says at that point, it's finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Creation was spoke into being through the Word who is Jesus. And it will be healed and restored and brought full circle to completion through Jesus. It's all about Christ and then the promise I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life that Jesus will completely refresh us Jesus will completely satisfy our hunger and thirst. And everything that we long for and search after and sometimes go astray with now, all of that will be set right. And all of our needs will be met in Jesus Christ, the perfect one who loves us and gave himself for us and desires to be with us. What a beautiful image of the promise that's been given to each of us. May the Holy Spirit then open the eyes of our hearts to see that reality day in and day out. Teach us day by day what it means that God desires to be with us. What does it mean that everything is being made new? And what we're going to find in the end is far beyond our expectations, far beyond what we can imagine. And we give thanks to God today for God's goodness, for God's love, mercy and grace and that God desires to dwell among us and that we need not escape creation we need not escape our bodies because this is what God has given us and it will be set right and it will be brought to perfect completion just as God intends which lets us off the hook of making it happen God does this, not us And we give thanks to God for that today. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give You thanks and praise for this day. We thank You for the gift of Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the beginning and the end. May Your Holy Spirit teach us day by day what it means that You desire to be among us. May we come to know more deeply your love, your mercy, and your grace. And may we be given glimpses of the the perfect creation that is to come. Help us to see even now the ways you are healing and restoring as we move to that final day. We know that you are at work in us and in creation right now, right here. Help us to fix our hearts and our minds upon you. And may your Holy Spirit comfort us, lead us, and guide us, no matter what we face day by day, knowing with confidence that we're moving to a place where death and sin and pain and crying will be vanquished forever. And we will know your love perfectly, and you will know us completely. And we ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.